Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Today on Radical Personal Finance, we continue the September interview blitz. While I am out of town and uh, working with my family, I am playing a bunch of really cool interviews. Check back in October for the more normal flow of the show. But right now, I'm going to bring you an interview with Jordan Harbinger, founder of the very excellent website and podcast called The Art of Charm. We're going to talk about how social skills can influence your life and your career, basically help you rock it. Welcome to the Radical Personal Finance Podcast. My name is Joshua Sheets and I'm your host. Thank you for being with me today. Today, let's talk about social skills. When's the last time you sat down and studied how to act. Perhaps you were blessed with excellent parents who sat you down and instructed you on the fine art of manners, the fine art of charm, the fine art of how to network effectively, but a lot of us didn't have that. That means we got to study it because that is an important life skill. I often think about this type of subject and I think, man, what an important, what an important, 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 important aspect of life. But for most of us, unless you've either been proactive about recognizing a deficiency in your own comportment and decided to go out and rectify that by study and practice, uh, or unless you've had a parent or a mentor or a boss or a friend who took you uh, under their wing and said, hey, let me teach you a thing or two, most of us just kind of slid past these aspects of life. We didn't really study and learn about the things that we need to learn about, especially how do you be charming? How do you be persuasive? How do you become influential? How do you ingratiate yourself with other people? Now, before we get to the interview, I just want to mention to you, it's up to you how you use these skills. Some people take skills and use them for evil. Some people take skills and use them for good, and that choice is up to you. But there are very few things in life that will make a bigger impact on your ability to succeed than your overall social skills. So it's worth studying. And I've invited Jordan on the show to share with us some of his experience and some of his wisdom. So let's get to it. Jordan, welcome to Radical Personal Finance. I appreciate being with me today. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate the invite. I brought you on to talk about uh, personal effectiveness and, and personal skills. And with Radical Personal Finance, kind of the core mission is to help people build a lifestyle of financial independence. Uh, I come from a background as being a form of financial planner. And one of the things that I noticed was a lot of what financial planners talk about is useful, but it's not the most useful. Yeah. Because you can put money in an IRA, but if you're just an idiot and everyone hates you, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> it's not going to work. So I wanted to bring you on <laughs> to talk about uh, social skills, social dynamics, and ways that people can improve their interpersonal relationships. But first, give us a quick intro as to your background with the art of charm. Sure. So I used to be a financial attorney, actually, on Wall Street. So speaking of bad financial advice. I know a lot about that stuff. And I 
had a, a, a quote-unquote mentor there. His name was Dave. And by mentor, I, I don't mean like Matthew McConaughey. We're doing oyster shooters <laughs> on the roof on Wall Street. I mean, he was never there, didn't care. Not that he didn't care about me or anything. He just had other things to do. And uh, so one day I caught up with him because they were like, how's your mentorship program going? I was like, it, what are you talking about? We don't right. even have that. You know, everybody else went to Blue Man Group and I haven't done squat. So they made him take me out for, for coffee, which is like the saddest <laughs> summer associate thing. And I said, how come you're, you're never here in the office, even though we're supposed to bill hours? Like that's the point of being a lawyer, right? It's make money for the firm. And he's like, oh, well, I'm bringing in the, the deals. You know, I'm bringing in all the business. So I don't care about billing hours. I don't care about worrying about uh, how often I'm in the office. I don't need to put in FaceTime or any of that crap because I, I don't need the money. Right. I get money from bringing in deals. And I was like, wait a second. So you, <laughs> this is a guy from Brooklyn with a tan, right? So right. I'm like, this guy knows what he's talking about. So I go... I dive headfirst into this because I'm, I'm thinking, wait a second, there's guys sleeping under their desk here and you don't even show up on Tuesdays mm -hmm. or, or most of the week for that matter. And he's, he's like, yeah, I'm golfing. I do jujitsu. I go on charity events and cruises and I do dinners and all this stuff. I'm like, so you're just a pro schmoozer, but, but it's not just like being seen. It's like you're getting business from this, this activity, these deals. Somehow mm -hmm. you're, and and that threw everything in the face about what I knew about networking because I thought you you work your way to the top and then like there's some you know country club that you join and all the other top guys are there and then you become friends and that's how your network gets formed. It's actually the other way around. Yeah, you build the network before you get to the top. The reason you're at the top is because your network brings you there. And and that was like my you know my mind exploded. Right. Like the, right. I was like, holy crap! This is this this is the hack. And he was the first person that taught you that, right? He taught me that, but he taught me that indirectly. He wasn't like, listen, man, here's what you got to do. He was like, yeah, 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 whatever. And Because he didn't really, I don't think he even thought about, in retrospect, I don't think he was like, listen, if you know people and you bring in deals, you'll get to the top faster. I think he was just like, whatever, you're another summer associate who's not even going to be here next year. He right. was right about that, though. <laughs> he, he nailed that part. He was definitely on to me. So what'd you do from there? So I dedicated myself to learning about the networking process and the relationship development process because I thought, wait a minute, this is, it, it, I can't sleep under my desk. I'm right. not going to, I'm never going to be hardworking. And like, I have a good work ethic, but I'm never going to be able to outwork these people who are like, they don't need sleep. They don't it's like need they're families. drones. <laughs> they yeah. just, like, they're robot drones. Some it, it, people. To be fair, like props Amazing. to them. Like some right. of them were immigrants from other countries that were like, my family's not here. I, I'm just here to work my butt off and make money and bring over like 10 relatives. And mm -hmm. I'm like, Hey, if you're going to do that, cool. But I don't have that kind of motivation. Right. Like I'm, I need a life, you know, I'm not first generation. Um, and I, again, like props to that props to those people, but I, I was not going to do that. I needed like a life and I wanted to ha get married and have kids. And so there was this other group of people that were just frigging geniuses and I am not in that camp. Anybody who's heard the Art of Charm podcast is like, yeah, you're not going to good thing you didn't bet on that one. So, so I thought, okay, here's what I'm going to do. The third invisible, what do you call it? Like the, the third invisible path mm -hmm. that no one knows about is building a network. And it's not like, oh, I, I know this guy, so I get something that I don't deserve. It's, wait a minute, I'm making myself visible through not through working super hard and outworking everyone and being that all-star and not through being the smartest guy in the room, 
but by connecting other people. So it's not just knowing people and getting favors. That's why people hate networking. They're right. like, I don't just want to get something I don't deserve. Shame on you. It's not that. You're connecting other people, and that's valuable. Right. So it's different than just being like, well, my dad owns the company, so I got this promotion, so you know, go fly a kite. It's like, no, no, no. I know these guys who needed to know those guys who needed to know us to make that transaction happen. Thus, we got the business. There's real value there. And in fact, that value is so rare. The skill set of bringing that value, I should say, is so rare that if you are a master of it, you can write your own ticket in terms of like corporate stuff because the, the fact of the matter is it's like baseball players. The reason they get paid a ton is because there's not a, it's not like you and I can go, I can hit that ball over that right. fence. We right. can't. Right. And it takes years and years and years and there's talent involved and all this other stuff. So since it's so rare, that made Dave the most valuable guy in the firm, which was a skill set that I now realize applies to everything, not just law. It applies to literally any industry, anywhere. If you can be the connector, you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room and you don't have to outwork everyone. And that's good news for like 99.9% of the population. I'm fascinated by watching uh, the venture capitalist investors, you know, the ones yeah. in Silicon Valley. Yeah. One of the things I notice is the investors have to work, they almost have to fight with each other to, when there's a good firm that has a good prospective future, the investors have to fight with each other in order to get noticed by the owners of the company. They do. And they, not only, they can't just throw money at the company because a good founder who knows they've got a good thing, they need money, yes, mm -hmm. but they also need connections. And many times the most effective, successful uh, uh, the most effective, successful investors are the ones who are able to bring the connections. And I just finished a book called You Only Have to Be Right Once. And it was mm -hmm. written by a Fortune magazine editor. And he covered basically a story of, I think it was 12 or 13 different of these stories of the founder of Instagram and the founder of Snapchat and these different you know, people who went from nothing to billionaires yeah. in almost no time. Right. But one of the stories in there was about an amazing guy. He was a Persian rug merchant. First generation immigrant, came to the country from Iran, knew nobody, got a job selling rugs. Uh, and No stereotype there. Right, right, exactly. But as he was selling rugs, he recognized where to sell his rugs, and he would start working with rich people, and that was where he was targeting. He would go out, and he would always try to sell a rug in somebody's house, and one of the things that he started doing as he was selling rugs was asking questions about what do you do and taking an interest in other people. Mm. He became one of the most connected and influential people in Silicon Valley. And there are several, I forget the names, uh, but there were several of these big kind of multi-billionaire, the founders of these, these hot firms that got their start sitting in the back of his rug shop drinking tea while he would connect them in Silicon Valley. Unbelievable. And he transformed himself from a penniless immigrant selling rugs to a multi-multi-million dollar uh, investor, extremely wealthy purely based on his ability to connect people. And to this day, he doesn't have the largest venture capital fund. He doesn't have the largest uh, bank book, but he's got the connections. And he's always diligent about going and helping and making the connections and making the connections. Exactly. And people will send him pieces of the deals just because he's so valuable for connections. Well, now he's probably like, hey, if this pans out, throw me a point or two. And exactly. they're like, yeah, whatever. Okay, <laughs> if it works, it pays for, pays for itself instantly. So he's probably got points on like, 100, 200 exactly. 
ventures that are profitable yeah. at this point. It's an amazing story. Yeah, that's brilliant. And that's exactly what we're talking about. You don't have to be a rug salesman to really knock this out of the park either. Because one of the exercises that I give, we, we have a networking class uh, that's all online at theartofcharm.com that we just released this month. And one of the exercises that we give there uh, in social capital is what it's called. One of the exercises is write down everyone you know. And, and, and obviously that's like an impossible task, right? So you start making, you, it takes like an hour and a half, two hours. You make this sheet of everyone that you know. And I'm talking about like your mom's hairdresser to like your dentist. And it's, you won't finish it. It's not designed right. to be completed right. because you know literally tens of thousands of people. And what happens when you do that is you start to think about who you can help without thinking about anything that that person can do for you. And the it starts, it forces you to think of your relationships in a completely different way. And the reason that I came up with this is because what happened to me once was I got a uh, toothache when I moved to Los Angeles. I was there for like a week. Mm -hmm. uh, I just moved to LA and I got a toothache. It was terrible. And I thought, oh man, I'm, I'm never going to be able to find a dentist because I called like five and they're like, yeah, go to the ER. And I'm like, dude, I know what happens in the ER. They tie a string around your tooth and slam the door. That's how they cure your toothache in an ER, like with no insurance. So I put it on, I put it on Facebook. I was like, desperate, need dentist in LA. Does anyone know who can see me on short notice? I have a serious toothache. It's driving me crazy. Can't sleep. Can't do anything. This guy writes back and he's like, my aunt's a dentist. Let me call her and I'll see if she can slot you in on a short notice. Right. He call and I don't know this guy. He's just yeah. like a random guy who follows me on Facebook or, or is a friend of a friend or something. Because right. you know, I said that was to, to public. I right, was like, right. everybody, please. So I get a a message like in two or three hours, and the guy's like, My aunt will see you. She's, you know, she'll charge you fairly. Like, thanks for everything that you do as your show. Uh, and my cousin t introduced me to it, blah, blah, blah. So I go to this dentist, I get my tooth taken care of, and I'm like, Hey, man, thank you so much for this. I really appreciate you hooking me up with the, the dentist. That's really great. I'm, I'm super thankful. Like, I was dying. He's like, cool. I'm like, anything I can do for you? He's like, well, I don't know. I mean, if you ever need a graphic designer, let me know. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't need a graphic designer, but I'll keep my ear to the ground for you. And like two days later, I get an email that's like, hey, I love your website. I'm looking to redo mine. Who does your site? I'm like, well, this guy does the site, but you need a graphic designer. Here's a portfolio from a random guy. Let me know if you want an intro. She's like, actually, this looks good, and my other designer's totally flaky, so can you introduce me to that guy? They work together on a few projects. Later on, he gets a full-time job, 80 grand a year, full-time awesome. graphic design with like a friend of hers. And I'm like, you do realize that you got that job because you hooked me up with a dentist right. on Facebook. And that's why, so you can't plan for this type of uh, serendipitous success. And that's why when you network for transactional purposes, it's, it's the wrong way to do it. Like if you're going to somebody and you're like, I need to meet this guy because this guy does this and he's the only guy who can help me with this. And so I need to meet that person for that reason. That works to a certain extent. But if you're ignoring everything else, you're, you're leaving it all like 90% of it on the table because you can't plan for the guy who helps you with a dentist on Facebook that then you then get a job at a graphic design. And, and then if I ever need to do business with his new employer, I just have to call him. Right. And he'll be like, yeah, I'll fast track you and be like, this guy's cool. He yeah. helped me get this job indirectly. And that employer is now thankful that I got him that guy. That guy's thankful for his job. The other girl's thankful for the website. I'm thankful for the dentist. So there's wins on all sides. Like everybody in that interaction won. And if I had just gone, 
I need a dentist who, who can find me a dentist and I only message dentist. Or if he was like, I need a graphic design job and he only messaged people, hey, do you need a graphic designer? That would never have happened. Like none of those transactions or interactions would ever have happened because we would have been aiming at totally different targets. Do you have a way to look for somebody to look at their own skill set and be able to identify their level of effectiveness to kind of say, yeah, I'm, I'm really terrible at this or I'm really good? Because one of the things that frustrates me is I observe a lot of people, just right. keep my observations to, to myself. But I notice many people that I observe is they don't perceive themselves. We always have a tough, tough time perceiving how we actually are. That's right. why when we watch a video of ourselves, we're like, wait a second, that's not me. I don't look like that. Well, right. yeah, you do. Yeah, I know. It's and so unfortunate. Too, <laughs> exactly. It's never like, wow, I look like that. It's like, oh, man, I look like that. So is there a way that you have for somebody to kind of look at their own situation and say, how effective am I at, at networking, at bringing value to other people? Yeah, I mean, it's it's very unsystematic, but if you, how often do you feel like you have to sell yourself how often are you calling people and asking for things versus how often are you being introduced to exactly the right people that you need essentially without you having to ask? And the percentage, of course, of you just having, quote unquote, having things fall in your lap, in air quotes, is, the, is, is a good estimator of how, how good you are at this. For example, um, when, I wanna, when I wanted to speak a lot this year and next year around the world, I just told like two people and I put it on my show, like, Hey, I'm interested in speaking stuff, especially international. I am, I now I booked out like eight, 18 months of speaking gigs, probably like in the next like 60, not even 60 days. Cause I just got a ton of offers that were like, you want to speak? Why didn't you say so? Come to India, come to Australia, come to California, Las Vegas, Florida, New York, Maryland. That happened instantly because I just sort of put it out to a couple of folks that I knew were really well connected in that area who are like world famous speaker types. And they're like, yeah, come to this event and speak with me at this. And that's, that's a result of not me going, hi, I'd like to speak at this event. Hi, can I speak at your event? Can I speak at that event? I don't have to do that. And it's not because, oh, I'm so cool. It's because the network is set up such that people are actively looking for ways to help me because I keep helping them on other things all the time. What's the process? And I assume this is why you write a course, so feel free to, to, right. to mention that. But what's the process of learning these skills very practically? Sure. So one of the things that we have people do is aside, that you start off with that list of like everyone you know, quote unquote, and you just start to look for people that you can help every single day. And by help, I don't mean like, oh, Josh is moving. Let me go over there and help him lift crap out of his garage. Like you can do that, but you don't have to do that. The highest leverage point for people is going to be connecting other people together because I know what people are thinking right now. They're like, yeah, I'm not a professional speaker. I'm not a technical person. I'm not a graphic designer. How can me... A, a random, fi let's say, financial planner, mm -hmm. how can I help like a technical person? I can't. The answer is not what you can do with your own skills uh, in terms of your professional skills. The answer lies in what you can do to connect people inside your own network. So if you're a financial planner and I'm like, oh, well, sorry, I invest my money with another guy, then our transaction, quote unquote, is over. But if you're like, man, you know, I'm really looking for ways to get new clients. I'm like, well, okay, who do you need to meet? And you tell me what kind of clients you get. I might have ideas for that, but I might be like, well, where do most of your clients come from? Oh, uh, well, you know, I get them a lot when I do consulting for nonprofits, just randomly, but humor mm -hmm. me on this, right. right? 
I'm like, oh, well, I know a ton of people that run nonprofits. You do consulting for nonprofits. Why don't I introduce you to those people? Now, I'm introducing you to them. So it doesn't matter that I don't know how to find you nonprofit clients or whatever. I'm just introducing you to people in that world. I can do that via email, and I could do, I could do 50 a day before lunch. Right. So people, because people go, well, I don't have time to help like 100 people a day. I got a job, or I don't know enough people. If you start to look at your relationships as who can I connect to help each other, that's a massive, there's so much leverage there because you can know 50, 100 people, which is nothing compared to how many people you actually know. Right. And you can start plugging them all into each other. And you'd be surprised what people need. Like that guy didn't think, I'm just waiting until Jordan needs a dentist and I'm going to get that graphic design job. Right? right. That wasn't in his head at all. Right. So just constantly be looking for ways to help other people. And usually the way that you do that is by connecting people who are already inside your network. Once you get really good at that, then you can start reaching out on behalf of other people and on behalf of yourself. So for example, if I knew that you needed to meet nonprofit founders, I might go, well, cool. I know one guy who's a nonprofit founder, but he's got to know some others. So I might reach out to him on your behalf and say, who else do you know that might be able to help Josh? Now you've got access to a person who's well-connected in the circle that you need specifically, and it's via me. But I'm not doing any of the work other than sending a couple emails here and there. I'm brokering the deal, but I'm, you know, quote-unquote, but I'm not getting anything other than goodwill out of it. But if I ever needed anything from you or any of those nonprofit people who you help after that, they're going to be like, oh, sure, yeah, what can I do for you? Because I basically sold them your skills for free and mm -hmm. vice versa. Right. The thing I love about networking as a skill set and as a practice is that done properly and done effectively, it's 100% ethical it and, and appropriate. Because professional networking is not going around and flinging business cards right. at people and telling what you are. Exactly. Professional networking is constantly thinking who is this person? What are they working toward? And how can I help them? It, exactly. It's, it's, pro, it's the whole idea. And of course, we have like scripts for everything that I'm talking about because people are like, wait, back up, right? right. It's, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I should have uh, actually written this down, but it's theartofcharm.com slash social dash capital. But if you just go to the Art of Charm and you click on networking or products, it's in there. Um, and maybe I can send you a link you can throw in the show notes yep, or something. I'll take care of that, yeah. But uh, it's all about giving authentically and giving generously. So you don't think about what you can get out of it. Because then you go, if you do that, you're going back to that transactional thing where you're like, okay, well, what do I get out of it if I hook Jordan up with a dentist? The answer is nothing. Right. Right. So then that wouldn't have worked. So if I'm just looking at giving authentically and generously, I, I'm going to stand out from the so-called professional networkers who are like smarmy business card slingers who are like, hey, next time you need a financial planner, here's my card. And I'm right. like, I'm not ever, I don't, who are you? Why right. would I call you? I don't know you. I don't trust you with all my money. Are you crazy? Right. Why would that ever work? But that's how most people network. And that's why most normal, nice people hate networking. Right. Because their vision of it is like hard selling yourself on strangers, which they hate when that happens to them. So one of the largest criticisms are like, people go, oh man, this Jordan guy is going to be so annoying if I meet him in person because he's going to be like, hey, whatever, if you need this, call me. And it's not like that. It's like, what can I do for you? It's so much easier because nobody's like, wait a minute, what can you do for me? 
nothing, go away. Like only the most skeptical, right. cynical SOB would do that. And, and there are still people that do that. But those people, when you look at sort of their lifestyle, they're very unsuccessful generally because if you're living your life going, hmm, you're helping me, that's suspicious, there's a good chance that you're, you're not operating at your potential because you've built a wall around you, which is not how successful people live and work. The skills of networking are specifically in and of themselves, as you mentioned in the early part of, of this discussion, they are a financially valuable skill. And my example of this, and a resource also, years ago when I was beginning financial planning, I read a book by Dr. Thomas Stanley, who is the author of The Millionaire Next Door. And this book was entitled Networking with the Affluent. And he actually did a lot of studies of affluent people to try to figure out what is what are the common themes. Now, some of that research that he talked about was featured in Millionaire Next Door, Millionaire Mind, those types of uh, books. Mm. But this one was all about how do you actually do it? And in networking with the affluent, he specifically identifies certain services that you can provide to your clients that will be incredibly helpful. But one of the most helpful that he emphasizes on is being a connector. And he profiled in that book uh, a CPA. And this CPA was one of the most effective, most successful CPAs in the area, had a massive client base of very wealthy clients. And he's interviewing the CPA and he's trying to figure out what is the CPA doing. And he realized that what one of the major values that this person brought was connecting his clients with other people. And so, uh, and then he took it to another level. And here's the specific example I want to draw out. If he had a client who wanted to, uh, who wanted to buy a car, he was also connected with the owners of the local car dealerships. And he, behind his uh, desk, he would have stacks and stacks and stacks of business cards of different people that he knew and that he trusted. So he would connect the client, the wealthy business owner, with the owner of the car dealership, and he would make an introduction so that person could be treated well. Well, over time, he developed a technique of actually going above and beyond. And so what he started doing was negotiating the acquisition of the cars for his clients. He was a CPA. He was an impartial person. He, uh, he was well-schooled in money, so he could actually negotiate the deal. And he would go a step beyond and actually negotiate. And the person, he didn't get paid for that. He didn't charge his clients for it. It was a simple thing that he did that added value. But he had a massive bustling accounting practice with clients that were incredibly loyal because of everything else that they got. Right. And this accountant was the one who, okay, I'm trying to get my daughter into Harvard. Let me call my accountant and see who he knows that went to Harvard. Maybe right. they could give her some help. That's how the world works, is yep. helping people and, and connecting people. And that's a skill set that you can practice and develop. And that guy never lost a client. Never. And even if he wasn't the greatest accountant, oh, yeah. and he probably was pretty good, but yeah. even if he wasn't, the person would say, well, I get so much value right. from him. I still got to keep him. <laughs> and if anybody ever needs an accountant ever among all of their wealthy, well-to-do friends, they're like the only choice. Is exactly. This guy. He exactly. helped Julie get into Harvard. He helped Monica buy her car. Right. He helped Bill, uh, you know, with his other issue here. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the only guy that you can use. And yes, his fees are three X what normally you'd pay, but it's totally worth it. Right. And even though, and so on top of that, the other resource that really helped me, uh, was I read when I was in the beginning of college, I read a book by an author named Keith Ferrazzi called Never Eat Alone. Right, yeah. Probably one of the most well-known networking books. And what that taught me is just because networking is ethical and filled with integrity, and just because you're going about it right the way, if you don't do it proactively, you're not going to reap the full results. Right. So you can sit around and help the two or three people that are in your life, and that's a great place to start. 
But if you can go out and proactively bring more people into your life and then focus on helping them, now all of a sudden you start to compound your returns. Talk about that. Yeah, sure. So a lot of people treat networking as like a passive thing where it's, for example, you say, well, I say, I need a dentist. And you're like, well, I know a dentist, right? Mm -hmm. That's great. Uh, but what if I know what your business needs to go to the next level? Like, what if you're saying people, well, I'll give you a real life example. People come up to me all the time and they're like, I want to start a show. You know, they might be an author. What can I do to launch a successful show, get people listening to it, get some visibility in iTunes. And I'll give them, I can give them that if they ask. But what I can also do is say, actually, you know what you really need to do? is not just start this podcast and put it up in iTunes and let it fly and make it really successful. You should also be connecting with other authors. You guys should have each other on each other's shows because people who buy books, they don't just buy one book. It's not a car. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you buy tons of books. And if they're in the same niche, you buy all the books mm -hmm. and you read all the books. So you guys got to be exchanging this. I happen to know the other 10 authors that contacted me this month that are also bestsellers. Do you know them? Oh, you know two of them. All right, well, let's reach out to the other eight I'll do that for you. And so I'm actually in a better position to find out what they need because of my experience. Uh, you can also proactively ask people what they want if nobody's coming to you. Because I know people are going, yeah, that's great if you have something that everyone's asking you for. Mm -hmm. What if you don't? You can start saying, what are you working on right now? See, there's this weird thing where people go, how can I help you? And you're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's, that's kind of amateurish. I know right. it's like trendy right now to Good do that. Good place to start. But it, if you, if that's all you can, but you can make it a little more elegant. It, it, yeah. People do that because it's, it's like, I don't know. I, I've got a whole tirade that I'll spare you, but I feel like it's fake generosity. We like tirades. Bring it on. <laughs> but yeah, people go, how can I help you? And usually they, they're so vague that, Right. They're not really planning to help you. It's just they want to show like how helpful they are. So they say, how can I help you? And really, they're just kind of not going to do anything, knowing that it's going to be vague enough that you're not going to be able to ask for anything. And then, you know, knowing that most of the time they're going to get away with it. But if you look proactively for ways you can help people and then ask them if they need that, uh, that's super, super right. helpful. Uh, one of the things, my friend Michael Port wrote a book called Book Yourself Salad. Mm -hmm. And he's coming out with a new book in October, and it's awesome. And I'm like, you know what you need to do? You need to go on some of these these different shows because these are the types of shows that have audiences that are going to buy your book and podcasts move books. And he's like, okay, cool. So I just, I said, do you know this person, this person, this person, and this person? He's like, no. So I made interest to all those people, but he wasn't going to go, Hey, can you introduce me to a bunch of people who have right. podcasts that might move my book? Cause right. he didn't necessarily think about that in the time, in the moment. So if you're able to make those introductions proactively or help people by asking them specifically or even, frankly, telling them what maybe they need to do and then doing 90% of that for them, they'll be super thankful. Yeah. Of course, you still have to get their permission because he might be like, no, I have no time for additional media. Then don't make 20 intros that he then can't use. But definitely do ask people what they need. Like if, if somebody moves to town and they're moving to my area, I'll say, hey, listen, I know you're probably looking for uh, places to go that have good food, a uh, good gym, maybe some cool, like, loungy places to grab a drink. Mm -hmm. Here's some places to avoid that look really promising but are totally annoying. Here's where the worst traffic is, you know. And we'll send them an email like that. I'll have Jen, my assistant, like, send that to people who are moving to San Francisco or whatever. And they're like, holy crap, this is so awesome. Thank you so much. 
And it's not because I'm like, yes, I'm going to ask you for something later. It's like, no, no problem. I know that this is what you need because this is what we ran into headfirst when we moved here. So you can avoid all those headaches. And it's just, it's looking for those little proactive things that you, frankly, you already know that people need. You're just not doing anything about it because you feel like, oh, it's not my place or it would be weird if I wrote them that or it would be weird if I sent them this. It's not. And you should do it. But people don't do it. They, you know, they're, they're either shy or it's not habit. I would say one thing that's help, helpful to me, it is weird if you do it, if it's immediately connected to a request. Yes, that's when it's, that's when it's weird. That's when it's weird, and that's when it becomes transactional. Yep. And that's why you give generously and authentically with, without the agenda. Right. Because expect, expect this. Nine out of ten people that you help, you'll never get anything helpful from them ever again in your whole life. If, once you sort of accept that and you're still cool with helping other people, then when somebody doesn't help you back, you're not like, what a jerk. Right. Because that's the problem is people, that's a problem is what people do is they go, oh yeah, Josh, you know, you live in, oh, you live in Minneapolis. Oh, you should try this. My cousin's got a restaurant there. You should go here for dinner. Don't worry. I'll take care of it. And then I'm like, hey, Josh, can you have me on your podcast? And you're like, well, that's not really a good fit. And I'm like, this guy sucks. What a right. jerk. Right. I helped him get a free lunch and he didn't have me on his show. This exactly. guy, he's such an a-hole, right? Like that's not cool. Because that's what I call a covert contract. And what that is, is I'm saying, if I help you, you're going to help me. Right. And what you hear is, hey, this guy helped me. He's so nice. But really, I'm like, where is it in return? And people do this in their relationships, too. Like, you've all, we all have, like, the guy friend who, who, like, drives women to the airport and is like, if, if I drive her to and from the airport enough time, she's going to find out I'm the, I'm the one. I'm the guy. Her dream guy has been right here the whole time because he yeah. watched, like, say anything way too many times. Right. And, and so if, once you get that transactional BS idea out of your head and just realize most people won't help you back and that's totally okay and that's how it's supposed to be, then you start running into like this really clean, authentic area of networking where you're just helping people out. Like you're, and I hate the word networking, but we have to call it that so people right. know what we're talking about. But then you're just you're just helping people, and it's Zig Ziglar, who's now uh, has passed. Is he said? I th actually, this all right. And I might have butchered this. It might be like Brian Tracy, but it's it's if you you'll you'll always get what you want if you just help enough other people Ziegler. get what they want. Mm -hmm. Ziggler, right? You're going to have everything in life you want if you just help enough other Thank people you. get what they want. Yes, exactly. And it's true. And that sounds, it sounds so hippy dippy, but where it comes in really handy is when you realize, oh, wait a minute. All he's talking about is getting emotionally invested in other people, helping them achieve their goals, and, and just helping other people in any way, shape, or form. He's not talking about like throw away all your dreams and ambitions and help other people achieve and dot, dot, dot profit. Right. He's, this is a very practical tip. It's just that people are afraid to do it because they don't think it'll work, quote unquote, for them because they're not going to get something in return right away. But when you stop thinking about that and you stop keeping, we call it keeping score. If you stop keeping score, then it, it becomes much nicer. Like I might help someone 10 times and they might do nothing for me. And then on the 11th time I show up at their car dealership and they're like, hey, man. I know exactly what's wrong with your car. I'm just going to fix this for free. You've done a lot for me. That Then I'm like, oh, cool. But if I'm keeping score, I'm like, well, you got to do nine more things for me, dude. 
Right. You know what I mean? Right. And that's not a good way to live because then you just resent everyone you interact with. And that will stop you from helping other people who you think, well, this guy's never going to be able to do anything for me, so I'm not going to help him. That's toxic. That's when you run into the whole, well, I can't help this guy, so I'm, I'm not going to. Like the guy on Facebook. Mm -hmm. If he was like, well, sure, I'll hook you up with a dentist if you get me a job. You think he would have hooked me up with a dentist? That would never would have happened. Never. No. In my mind, you could sum it all, uh, sum much of it up in the title of Harvey McKay's book, which was Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty. And you've got to do it in advance. Yes. But if you've got a well, when you are thirsty and you have a need, mm -hmm. my thought, and, and you can comment on this, it's no problem to ask for help. And so specifically, one of the pieces of advice that I've given to other people is, and this is where you have to have done it in advance, but I get so frustrated when I see people who are out of work, they've lost a job, and they can't get work. And what my advice to people is, hopefully, if you've done a good job along the way of building a network, building a well, and then when you're thirsty pick up the phone and call every single person and yeah. say, I have a need. I'm looking for help. Here's specifically what I'm looking for. And if you know of anything, please help me. Yeah. If you've yeah. done the back work and you've developed a deep level of relationship with many people, you'd have a job in no time. And so if you have a need like that, something specific, you can ask for help, but you must have a deep well so that when you're thirsty, you can go to it for water. Exactly. It, it's that, that book title is so money, and we use that also in the social capital product and, and teach people how to dig the well. Because, of course, people go, dig the well. Yeah, okay, dot, dot, dot. How, right. Wait, how do I do that? <laughs> and so the whole course that we teach is how to dig the well, how to maintain the well, how to make sure the well is deep enough to, to butcher this analogy, to, to beat this analogy right. to death, <laughs> uh, the metaphor to death. And the, the reason that this is so key is because everybody, and everyone's experienced this, oh, crap, um, I need a job. Hey, Josh, what's going on over exactly. at Sheets Management LLC, buddy? You need any help? And you're like, GTFO, man. I don't yeah. want to talk to you right yeah. now. I've already heard from seven people that you're job hunting. I'll keep my ear to the ground. I don't need anybody to, you know, to come through. But if this is like your your boy that's helped you like meet your wife or like the guy who negotiated your car like that cpa or the guy that's like done other stuff for you and friends around you then you're like oh crap man jordan lost his job wait a minute who do i know i know a couple of people that might be able to help now you're reaching out to those people because you're you can't wait to help somebody that's done a ton right. of stuff for you right but if somebody's like just Hey, old buddy, old pal, you're like, stop right there. Right. I know you're going to ask me for something because that's the only time I ever talk to you. Just spare me. Right. Right. And, and nobody digs the well. And that's why people, uh, there's another reason why people are like, ah, networking doesn't work. It's a boys club. Right. Well, it's a boys club, but you can build it around you if yeah. you don't want to be in, the, if you don't think that's a problem. You know, you build this around you. And whether or not you choose to build a strong network around you or you choose to ignore this because you're fed and fat and happy right now, that's, that's your choice. But don't cry when, like, the world comes crashing down and nobody has your back because you need to be building those strong relationships. And, and that's why we go, we favor depth of relationship over breadth right. if you had to if you had to choose one which right, you actually right. don't um so instead of trying to help seven million people and having those people in your network it's much better to have like really close friends that also have large networks if you if that's the way that you guys are going to roll so like a lot of my really good friends 
I, I invest a lot of time with them because they're great people and we have a lot of fun, but also I know that they have my back. And so if I ever need anything, I can also reach out to them and, and their network or their business and, and their team, and they can help as well. So it's really nice to be able to have that very, and it's, again, it's not transactional. It's not, hey, if I hang out with this guy long enough, he'll help me out if I ever need it. It's just helping other people as much as possible, but spending more time developing quality relationships than just trying to like pepper it around everywhere to people who you don't even know their name, you know? Does you that have, make sense? Yeah. Do you have any regular practices, uh, ongoing disciplines, ways that you remind yourself or tools that you use to remind yourself to be working to help other people? Yeah. I mean, it used to be something that I kind of had to manually do, mm-hmm. and I would use things like contactually to be like, email Josh and say hello. Right. Uh, Facebook does a decent job of just telling you whose birthday it is. So you can write people on their birthday and be like, hey, man, long time to talk. Happy birthday. What are you working on this year? What are your goals and stuff like that? And sometimes people don't answer, mm-hmm. but other times people are like, yeah, man, you know, it's been a tough year. You know, my wife had a baby and we're like, we're trying to move, but her dad is sick and, you know, I've got a back issue and it's just, I, I'm getting no relief from it. And I'm like, well, huh, what can I do to, this is tough. Like, these are a lot of personal issues. What can I do to help in any way, shape or form? And I'm like, oh, you live in Minneapolis. Well, you just had a baby. Do you have, is childcare an issue? Cause I know like I have a cousin there who's very responsible. She's really cool. She, you know, if you ever need like an emergency babysitter, maybe I can help. And also I've got a great chiropractor that I can recommend that deals like specifically with back issues. So, you know, if you want to come out to San Francisco, I can email, I can introduce you to this guy and maybe there's an experimental treatment that can like help with your back issue or whatever. Like you just look for any way, shape or form that you can help that person. Even if the only help you can give them is emotional support. Sometimes you, you just, you have nothing and you just go, that sounds really hard. But if you ever just want to vent, you know, just holler at me, feel free to write me a three page email about something (laughs) and I will just, you know, just bounce it off me. Right. And if you're friends with that person, it's not weird. If it's a stranger on the internet, it's freaking weird. Yep. But like, if you have a real relationship with those people, right? sometimes just letting someone vent and going, you know what though? Like, here's this awful thing that happened to me three years ago and I'm fine now. So there is light at the end of the tunnel. Let me know how I can ever help. Sometimes people go, damn, that felt good. Because they can't complain to their family. Their family's relying yep. on them. Their friends have already heard every complaint in the book or they have worse troubles, you know? So being able to vent sometimes is just, is, that's support enough. So there's, there's like tactical support where it's like, I come over and help you move. There's emotional support where I'm like, oh man, you're moving? What a pain. I've moved like 18 times. It's the worst. Let you vent about it, get back to work. And then there's sort of like actual... Uh, sort of network-based support where I'm like, oh, you're moving? I've got movers that don't steal. They're insured. They show up on time. Do you want to use them? Are you having trouble finding somebody? That type of thing is all, that is all helpful. Right. And people only think about the one, which is, well, crap, you're moving. Don't call me, man. I don't want right. to pick up a refrigerator. Right. You know, so that if you start, if you stop looking at it in those limited constraints of what can this person do for me and what do I have to do for them directly, but instead you're thinking of how can I help them and, you know, full stop and who do I know that can aid that? It doesn't have to be me. Now your, your, your whole horizon is massively broadened for what you can do for other people. And then it will come back to you. And I know a lot of people who are like kind of new to this stuff might not believe that. But if you just think about the way that you behave as a human, 
you want to help other reciprocity. Love you, reciprocity. You, you want to help people right. that help you. Right. And this isn't some like the universe provides. Like, no, the universe doesn't give a two craps about you. But reciprocity is a human trait. Right. And so if I help you with a bunch of stuff and you happen to know how you can help me back, you will literally do it to make yourself feel better. Yeah. Like, unless you're a sociopath, <laughs> in which case, you know, run. Yeah. You can't fake it. Um, all this stuff is costly. It takes time to think about other people. It takes time to think about uh, what you can do. It takes time to write an email of introduction. It takes time yep. to make a call. It takes time to love your wife and to wash the dishes and rubber back. It takes time to play with your children. All of this stuff takes time. You cannot fake it. But if you look at people and you watch their trajectory of success, there are some very simple habits and practices, and those who do them consistently, it's costly. But over time, the trajectory of their lives is very, very different. Exactly. Yeah. So um, Art of Charm, what do you talk about? Who's it a good fit for? Go over your courses because I know your social, oh. this, this course that yeah, you just developed capital, is, is yeah. not the only thing that you guys are doing. It's not, yeah. Social capital is brand new. It's about exactly what we just discussed. Networking, relationship development, how to create strong networks around you, digging that well before you're thirsty, right. et cetera. We also teach the, the skill sets of like body language, nonverbal communication, how, the, how to get people to trust and like you. We have our live programs in LA. So right now, guys fly in from all over the world. So we have guys literally this week from like Denmark, Germany, the U, all over the US and Canada, and like a dude from Israel, which, you know, is super far and even Australia. And that's this, this month, not just this week. And we do them every week in Los Angeles. They're sold out a few months in advance. And guys come in for five days. They live at the school during this period of time. We change the way you sit, stand, walk, talk, how you network, how you develop relationships, how you talk with people, everything from like your eye contact to the way that you interact with others, follow-up communication, very nuanced personal stuff. Like we videotape you interacting with people and we're like, see how you're leaning in like that? Okay, we want a little bit less intensity. We want to add some humor here. Here's how you do that. And other people, it's the opposite, right? Other people were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You need to get in there and, you know, right. be less crazy because you're scaring everybody. So we, we really tailor it. We really tweak it. And classes are really small. And that's, that's um, also the info for that is at theartofcharm.com. But mostly, like, you're listening to a podcast right now. You don't have to buy anything from me. You can listen to the Art of Charm podcast. We've got, like, I think 431 episodes you guys right are now. a top-ranked show i mean you've been doing yeah. this for a while and yeah eight and a half years we've been talking about relationship development so over, you were an overnight success then obviously obviously <laughs> it was like one day i just turned on the microphone and then nine years later top of itunes jordan thanks for coming on today i really appreciate yeah, it Yeah, thanks for the opportunity with social skills as with life practice makes perfect you gotta practice you gotta practice you got to practice and you got to practice. So start studying and then get to practicing. I don't know about y'all, but I, <laughs> even still to this day, even though I practice quite a bit, I still constantly feel as though I need to improve my skills. And what do the gamers say? Level up. So check out Jordan's resources. Check out his podcast. Check out his website. Get a book on the subject. Get a book on how to make people like you. I've reviewed a couple of them on the, uh, on the Facebook page or on the YouTube channel. Uh, how to make people like you in 90 seconds or less. They're all basically the same. If you haven't read How to Win Friends and Influence People, go read How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's a good place to start. And focus on making some simple steps. And then see if things improve for you. I wish you great luck and success.
<laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you who listens to the show. I appreciate each and every one of you who shares this show with your friends. Uh, if you want to do that, the best way to do that, just tell your friends, hey, search the App Store for Radical Personal Finance and listen every day. And hopefully we'll be able to provide lots of in-depth content to be able to help your friends and help you clarify your goals, chart out a path to financial independence, and reach it as quickly as possible while still enjoying the journey. Keep trying to figure out what the theme of the show is, and I would say that's probably one of the best themes that I've been able to come up with to clarify what the actual theme is that we talk about every day. If you'd like to support the show financially, please go to RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash Patreon, patron, excuse me, and you can become a patron of our show on Patreon, RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash patron. The press here in September, I'd love to have a total of 250 supporters. Just simply ask for your help. You can support the show with as little as a buck a month or much more. Lots of changes coming in the future, but the basis of everything that I am doing and that I plan to do is you who are patrons of the show. That is the fundamental foundation and basis of everything. I've structured, uh, structured the support for the show intentionally in that way so as to assure myself the minimum numbers of conflicts of interest. You support the show directly. That means my allegiance and uh, is directly to you. So please go to RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash patron. A buck a month makes a big deal when a couple hundred of you do it, a couple thousand of you in the future. Ten bucks a month is cool. I got some bribes there for you at higher levels as well. I'll be back with you soon.